0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Bree and Friends, a podcast about nothing and everything. I'm your host, Bree Simmons. This week, I got a mini sewed for you. I hope you guys had a spectacular weekend, slash are having a spectacular weekend, if you're listening to this today, Sunday. Um, I had a really interesting week filled with lots of emotions, And some celebrations last weekend, technically last week. uh, Last weekend, I went to a Juneteenth barbecue, and it was actually the first time I celebrated Juneteenth. And if you're not sure what Juneteenth is, I'm here to inform you real quick. So, Juneteenth is also known as Freedom Day or Juneteenth Independence Day, and it's a holiday that celebrates uh june 19th 1865 when the end of slavery was announced in texas anyway Um, because it took a while for the news to get down there you know snail mail um and uh it it's pretty much you know black folks here in america's independence day i you know i still celebrate the 4th of July because it's been an excuse to barbecue since I was born. My entire family celebrates it. Um, I don't think my family ever did anything special for Juneteenth. We always acknowledged it, but we never, you know, celebrated or anything. So it was really cool to go to a little gathering of folks to celebrate our freedom all those years ago. And by all those years ago, I mean about 153 years ago. Wow. Um. So, and I, it, I don't think it's celebrated as like a national holiday. Like, I don't think there are any special, not that there needs to be, because you know how you have your 4th of July sale, your Memorial Day sale for furniture for some reason. Get yourself a nice sofa at a good price on Labor Day. There's nothing like that for Juneteenth. And I don't really want there to be. I just think it should be more well known because I know there's a lot of African Americans who don't know what this day is. Like they know we were freed, obviously, but I don't think they know the exact date or that we even celebrated this. Um and according to Wikipedia, um, that's when uh, people normally read the Emancipation Proclamation. They uh, sing our awesome Negro spirituals like Swing Low, Sweet Chariot, Lift Every Voice and Sing, the Black National Anthem, if you don't know that. um, And they read works from African-American writers like Maya Angelou, uh, Ralph Ellison. And apparently in Texas, they also have rodeos and street fairs. Cookouts, you know, family reunions are usually around that time. uh historical reenactments. and I'm interested to see how that goes because I don't know if I would want to see that. I mean, I guess it's not okay to be ignorant to what happened, but right now, emotionally, I don't know if I'd be able to handle that. And they even have um Miss Juneteenth contests, which is pretty neat. like you have your Miss America. I would i you know, I think. Maybe next year, I'm going to try to go down to Texas to celebrate Juneteenth because it sounds like they have a good time out there. And apparently, um, they celebrated in Mexico as well in a city that I cannot pronounce and I don't want to butcher the name. But, you know, um, but going back to the history on it during the Civil War here in the U.S., um, our president Abe Lincoln, you know, he issued out the Emancipation Proclamation, but that was in September of eighteen sixty two, actually. And its effective date was the first of January in eighteen sixty three. And it was declaring all the slaves of the Confederate states uh free that were in the non Union hands. Um but it excluded, apparently, and I didn't know this, it excluded uh, five states, known as the border states, that were not in rebellion. Like Kentucky, Maryland, Delaware, and Missouri, and counties of Virginia that later turned into West Virginia. Um, and there were some zones that were still under Union occupation, like Tennessee, Tennessee. Um, lower Louisiana and Southeast Virginia. And Texas, and I'm guessing that's why it took so long for it to get down there, uh, was not a battleground. And so people held on to their slaves for a little bit. And they weren't affected by the Emancipation Proclamation unless they escaped. And a lot of slave owners and uh, planters, they migrated down to Texas so they could escape the fighting and they bought their enslaved folks with them and the population of course increased greatly down there and most of them lived in rural areas um, and later on moved into larger towns Um, by 1865 in Texas, there were two hundred and fifty thousand enslaved people. It's quite a lot. Quite a lot. And we're the minority. Anywho, um, so of of course, uh the news of generally surrender on April 9th moved a little bit slowly, like I was saying earlier and didn't reach Texas until May of 1865. And the army of the Trans-Mississippi, they didn't surrender until June 2nd. They were still holding on, guys. So on June 18th, the Union army, army general Gordon Granger, he arrived with 2,000 federal troops to occupy Texas on behalf on behalf of the federal government. And the next day, he read aloud the contents of General Order Number Three announcing the total emancipation of those held as slaves. Wow. And again, if I'm doing the math correctly, this was just a cool 153 years ago, which seems like quite a long time, but it's not. I mean, we have people who are still who are what like a hundred. 12, 113 years old who weren't born soon after this was all said and done. You know, shit's insane. <clears throat> so, I mean, that's great news. It's good news. Free at last. Kinda. That's another episode, though. Jim Crow and all that nonsense. Um, But, yeah, that is Juneteenth. And so we fled. We celebrated. Um I remember there in my college history course um we had a book full of all these documents and the first one in the book was a letter a free slave wrote to his old master and it was just full of shade and filth like letting him know like I'm doing fantastic you're an ass um <laughs> here's my beautiful life, I'm free now, basically an F you sort of thing, but in the nicest southern charm way I have ever seen. Um, If I can find the book, I'll read it on one of these. It is fantastic. Quick update, I found the book, and I think I'm going to dedicate an episode to actually reading some of these documents, or at least giving a synopsis on them, because There is some interesting stuff in here. The book, if you want to pick it up, is called Reading the American Past, 4th edition. It's selected historical documents by Michael P. Johnson. And it's volume two and it starts from 1865. And I'm not sure what year it goes to. Let me see. Well, it looks like 2007. So quite a span of time. Um, but again, the first couple pages, of course, all have to do with the emancipation of slaves. And a lot of these documents in here are freed slaves that are looking for family members. Um, so they're posting ads, and there's also um <clears throat> Mississippi Black Code, which was in nineteen or sorry, November eighteen sixty five And it starts off by saying, you know, all freedmen. One word: free Negroes and mulattoes may sue and be sued. Fun fact: uh, when I looked up my, uh, tried to look up my family on ancestry.com, a lot of the censuses from back then, like I think the latest one I found was from like 1860 something, maybe 1890 or so. A lot of the censuses said Negro or mulatto. Of course, Negro, but. A lot of mulattoes as well, and I didn't think because I just heard it so much growing up, the term mulatto. So pardon me if I'm offending anybody. I didn't think it was like a slur or a bad term until recently, actually, which is strange. I just thought it was another word for mixed, you know. Um, but yeah, I'll save that for another episode. But there's your quick 10 minute break on uh, Juneteenth. So yeah, it's just. Filled with a lot of really cool historical documents that, I mean, it's all, it's, it's neat. To me, anyway. I'm a little history nerd. Um, and I think everyone, since I'm spouting out opinions here, should be a little bit of a history nerd or history buff. Because it's it, it happened in this world that we live in. It's not like it was some far-off distant planet that all this stuff we read about happened in. It happened here on earth and I think everyone should be interested and know about it it's your history too you know it's human kinds if that's your thing history anywho on to the next so that is Juneteenth okay so this next thing here spiraled because I was shown a link to like this popular YouTube channel, The Sci Show, if any of you guys know it. The actual host of it, I think his name's Hank, he annoys me. His voice annoys me. My voice probably annoys a lot of you, but his voice really annoys me. But (laughs) it's an interesting show. Gives you a lot of fun facts, a lot of scientific fun facts. And this one was on sleep. And one of the opening lines, he comes out saying, like, scientists don't really know a whole bunch about how sleep works. Or why, you know? And then that had me thinking, like, you know, we as humans don't know a whole lot about a lot of things, but also know a whole lot about a lot of other things. And it's amazing. One thing we don't know a whole lot about that frightens me, well, two, is space and the ocean. Because both of those things are super dangerous to me. And very scary to me, but also very fascinating. And I think... Maybe it's best we don't know so much about it because who knows what we'll do. I mean, I the ocean apparently, let me look it up so I'm sure. Um we only know, I guess, or discovered 5% of the ocean. And 99% of the ocean floor is unexplored so and that was as in the year 2000, according to the National Oceanic and Atmos Atmospheric Administration um, they were saying that 95 percent of the world's oceans and 99 percent of the ocean floor are unexplored. And that scares the living hell out of me. But at the same time, it's like maybe we ought not go there. Maybe they're undiscovered for a reason. Maybe we're not ready for what we might find. Maybe we won't handle it properly. I, I don't know how much of space is unexplored. Let's look that up real quick. Hold, please. Okay, update. I couldn't find how much of space we haven't discovered just because there's a lot of conflicting research out there. There's a lot we don't know. I mean, this article I'm looking at now, I think it was 2015, we discovered a planet that's roughly 13,000 light years from Earth. And that's frightening to me. But then it makes me think, like, how dare we, or some people, not everybody, think that there's not life or, quote, aliens out there. because we aren't the end-all, be-all of existence in this entire universe, you know? There has to be something else out there. It can't just be us. And then that made me think of uh, Dante. What's it called? Parallel universe. There you go. Parallel universes. And then my brain just starts thinking too much. And I'm like, I... <clears throat> excuse me, I can't, I can't keep doing this, <laughs> but going back to the what we don't know thing, there was also that myth that we only use 10% of our brain or something like that, and it used to frighten me as a kid a lot, because I'm like, what do you mean we only use 10% of our brain? I know so much. I know so many songs. I know so many grammar rules. I kind of know Spanish. How am I only using 10% of that? And that's obviously a myth. We use a good chunk of our brain, but maybe we aren't using all of it. And what if someone one day, to, like, there has to be an X-Men comic about that, where someone, <laughs> where a mutant figures out how to use every part of their brain and like make like like fuck shit up, you know? Anywho, getting off topic. Um. When I think about the stuff we don't know, and then that makes me think of all the things we do know how to do. Like we put a large tin can that can, you know, be the size of a two to three story building in the air filled with people and machines <laughs> and just, you know, glide, glide along um, and land in a different country. Most of the time, safely, you know, without a hitch. That's insane. Every time I get on a plane, I don't think about it while I'm on there, honestly, knock out pretty quickly. But every now and then, I like to get a window seat, look out the window, you see like all these clouds, these beautiful colors, every now and then a nice sunset. And it's like, wow, we're really up here. I'm really exploring the world. Look at me. And I'm like, how did we do this? How did we get here to take it a step further? Like. 1969, 1969, when an entire computer fit into maybe the size of this bedroom and <laughs> we still managed to send a rocket to the moon and have folks walk upon it with these suits we made that, that could keep them safe and breathing and living for a little bit anyway on the moon. In space. I, uh, yeah. And I know there's a lot of naysayers out there that say the moon landing was fake. And how did they film it and all that jive. But, like, it, it happened. And if that doesn't convince you, I mean, Tesla just fucking put one of his cars in orbit up there. Just because he could. Because he has the money and the talent behind him to do so. And I'm like, the the minds. Of These human beings, it's amazing that they can come up with this stuff. And especially back then, when, again, computers really weren't that, they weren't a thing. You had to figure that all out by hand. Hidden figures, if you haven't seen it. Um, <laughs> they did all that math. That woman did math. Was it calculus or physics, maybe? I don't know. Daunted. Dante says it's everything. She did every math known to man to get them back to Earth safely. And that is fucking bonkers. (laughs) How she just goes on living a normal life after that. Like, okay. Nowadays, if somebody did that, they would be on the Ellen show the next day. Have like a million YouTube subscribers. You know. That's sort of famous. Her, though, she just went on, I knew nothing about this woman until Taraji P. Henson played her a couple years ago. And that kind of bothers me. But that could be my own fault. I mean, I could have researched it. Someone did, obviously. They made a whole movie about it. Also, I know I'm jumping around a lot here. I looked up the weight of a 747. They range from 735,000 pounds to 970,000 pounds which again I say how do we or did we and who woke up one day and was like you know what I'm tired of these horses and carriages I'm tired of walking I'm, I'm tired of my little Ford let's go up in the air let's just get up there we'll fly to France in like you know a few hours no problem. And they did it. They fucking did it. So I just think we as humans should put our minds to better use nowadays. And we are, a lot of us are, and it's going unnoticed. I think back then there was more hype around it because it was new and you didn't have too much going on. But now it's like we'd rather, and I'll, I'll, admit We'd rather go on like a YouTube wormhole and watch somebody build a Sim, a Sims mansion or 2017 fails where people hit their heads on car doors or something. Then pick up a scientific journal. I would do both if I had them both at the ready. And while we're at it, and then I'll end this rant slash tangent <laughs> How did we get anything we're using today? Like, someone grunted fire into existence. Well, not into existence. They figured out how to make it themselves. And, like, those paintings you see in old-ass caves and the wheel, you know, generic things like that. It's like, that shit had to be amazing back then. They just thought of it out of nowhere. Like, there's got to be a better way to get to point A or point B. Or to solve this problem or that problem. And we did it. And we just keep perfecting it as we go. And I'm excited to see what will be the new big thing, you know, 20, 30 years from now. Because I don't think when I got my first cell phone back in 2002, I want to say, my brick Nokia that had the changeable uh, number pad, (laughs) That I'd be holding a phone that I can use as a computer. I can order right now if I wanted groceries to my door that will be here in two hours for a small fee. Or a 3D printer where if I had one, I could just make a case for my phone right now. It'll take a little bit of time. Or my own little action figures. Like, we're amazing. Human beings are amazing and we should be using our talents for better things is what I'm saying end rant (sighs) I debated talking about this just because it's really been depressing me all week like not saying it like you know how some people are like oh this was depressing and they're just like a little sad for a little bit but this has literally been depressing for me all week and I found out after doing some soul searching that I think since this man has been in office I have just been and about with anxiety and depression on and off, because it's like, what's next? What's going to happen? And nothing is directly um, affecting me. Like, nothing has happened to me or my family or loved ones. But things have certainly happened to my fellow man. And, like, how... I won't get into all that. You guys already know about all that. And I don't want to get all upset again. But my thoughts this whole week, and I think that's why I started talking about all the amazing things we did, is we're amazing people in general, humans, but Donald Trump is president. And the whole administration, not just him. And I'm like, how does this happen Why is this happening? Maybe it's just one big lesson that I hope we all learn from. And I just want to throw away the whole government and start right back over again fresh. And maybe that'll be a bigger fuck up. But I mean, I feel a little better, you know, like, let's just let's just brainstorm. Let's shut everything down. Brainstorm some ideas to get things back on track. I know we're so far off. It'll maybe take a couple years. Let's just, you know. What do you call it? A think tank. Let's think tank some things. And it's horrible. I'm taking a little bit of a break from social media. And by that, I mean, maybe I'll post witty statuses here and there. Do like some random live tweet of a show or an album I'm listening to. But I'm not scrolling through any more articles or other people's political statuses because it's just the same thing over and over again. Everyone's just arguing in circles. Saying the same thing. Like, if you're against Trump, you're saying the same thing. Not saying that you shouldn't say it, obviously, but I just can't take it anymore. Like, we're all saying the same thing, but nothing's happening. I won't say nothing is happening. Very little is happening at a very slow speed. And, I mean, people are excited-ish about him reuniting families, but it's still shitty circumstances that they're put in or city situations that they're put in. And I'm not here to argue about that at all. Um I'm mean, it's just exhausting every day seeing something new about something him or his administration has done that has just fucked up everything. And I feel like this is what they had to feel like, you know, back in the fifties and sixties, when shit was also fucked for anybody who wasn't white. And But then you didn't have social media. You had the newspaper. Like what I was talking about with the Selma podcast, their biggest thing was we need to march and do all this. So we're seen and put on the paper and this gets taken care of quicker. And now we're doing that, but it's everywhere, everywhere. And I mentally cannot take it anymore. So I'm not saying I want to be completely ignorant to it all, because obviously I'm going to hear about some of it, but I just can't be bombarded with it every day really gets you down. It's really got my anxiety on edge, gotta tell you. (laughs) And I'm just tired of this man-child going to all these fucking rallies. Like, you're president now. You won. Could you just sit in your office and get some work done instead of traveling here and there? Like, he just, he's fueled off of hate. And a lot of people are saying it, these rallies are, like, Hitler-ish. Like, you don't need to do this. We know what you stand for. We hate it anyway. But if you want to get your supporters out in one place and have them hate along with you so you can feel justified with what you're doing, then sure, whatever. But I just can't wait till this is all over. <sighs> but the good thing is, like, the smaller primary elections with the uh, counties and towns and cities and things, those are going well. I hope. I think at least in California, I hope in Illinois as well, my home state, where we're electing the right people for what we want to see, which I think is the majority at this point. I know there are some people who agreed with Trump at the beginning, but then saw what he was doing and thought, oh no, this isn't what I thought it was going to be at all. And I'm, again, not downing every Trump supporter or people who voted for him, because maybe they did have hope that things would be a little better economically, financially, and all that, and they're just not. But I don't know. I don't want to talk more about him. I can't let him suck my happiness away. Um, To end that off, it's just exhausting. It's horrible. But everyone keep fighting a good fight. I'm going to just pull out for a little bit and come back when I'm ready. Like I watched Stephen Colbert and Trevor Noah. I keep calling this man Trevor Nova. Trevor Noah. All the time. They put like a humorous spin on things, but I just can't handle. And um, John Oliver. But I just can't handle seeing it anymore because it's like. At some point, it's like I can't keep making light. Of it, it helps. It really did help when he was first in office. We were all watching Stephen Colbert live when he was uh, elected president, and we all kind of uh, cried together. It was great, but it's like I can't do it anymore for now, anyway. I can't keep seeing them have to try to make light of these horrible situations, then bring it back around and try to fill hope into these people. Into the studio audience or whomever's watching. Mm. I mean, bless them. It has to be hard on them, too, to have to read up on this stuff literally every day. And, ugh. Which reminds me, kind of going into a different direction, Kathy Griffin. Where's it, Griffith? It's Griffin, the comedian. I didn't see this interview, but I heard she was saying, like, you know, if you want to see a comedian or a comedy show who doesn't mention Trump, you should go see Kevin Hart. He doesn't talk about him at all. And she said it was like a punk move on his part. And I don't think Kevin Hart's responded yet. I like Kevin Hart. I loved him way back when, before he was everywhere. <laughs> but, I mean, he's cool. He's really funny. I'm glad he has this much success. He's a really funny guy. Um, Talented fellow. I don't know, I just don't like his stand-up that much anymore. His movies are cool, though. Um, But I don't think he's ever made a political joke in his career. I don't think that's his thing. I don't think comedians or any entertainer should be obligated to comment on anything political if they don't want to, or if they don't feel like they need to publicly, you know? You don't know what he does in his own home, and that's none of our business. You know what I mean? And I and Kathy also mentioned that he should do it because he's a black man. And it's like, please do not tell him as a black man what he should be doing. Like, that's the last thing you want, Kathy. A white woman telling a black man what he should be doing because he's black. Let's not. Maybe your heart's in the right place. Maybe she's still salty because she got all that slack for the shit she said about Trump. I was a little bit on her side, like, whatever. But a lot of people weren't. She lost her job. She was blacklisted for a little bit. So maybe she's still salty about that coming off of that. But it's like, don't pull Kevin Hart into this. He didn't say or do anything to you. As far as I know, he hasn't commented yet. He's busy. He's probably filming something right now. He doesn't have time, Kathy. He's booked. And now, um... Something completely different. So I we all know. Well maybe you know. I'm not like a huge Beyonce fan. I'm a Beyonce appreciator. Like I appreciate her as a performer, as an entertainer, as an artist. She's great. Like you gotta give the girl her props. She knows how to put on a damn good show. And her vocals are pretty great too. Um, but I've never been like one of those crazy Beyonce stands who will do anything I'm that way with Bruno Mars and Adele and Janelle Monet. that's about it <laughs> um but everyone kept talking about this joint album her and Jay-Z did and they're under the name The Carters and it's called Everything is Love and at first I thought you only you had to have a title subscription to listen to it and I'm like oh, I'm not doing that maybe I can use somebody's login or make a new email <laughs> Um, but I was listening to another podcast, The Read. You all know it's one of my favorites. And they are Beyonce stands, And they were talking about this album. And it just made me want to listen to it so bad. Because I think at this phase of my life, I'm at the... I... The Big Sean... I don't fuck with you. Where, <laughs> where I'm like, if I... No hate to anybody. But if... If we're not friends, if we're not cool, then I don't feel an obligation to be around you, speak on you or about you. I just don't have time for people that don't matter that much to me. And that sounds bitchy. I know. But I'm getting old, guys. I'm almost 30. And (laughs) it's time to close the circle a little bit. Like, I've got really good friends who are in my inner circle. They all know who they are. We're cool. Ride or die. I'll make up an alibi for them in a heartbeat. No questions asked. I've got my friends and associates that I see. I love them too. And then I just got the people where I'm like, I kept up with you only because I felt bad if I defriended you on any social media, but eh. You know, what I mean, like those kind of people, like they're on the very outer limits of it. Like they're the ones that are 13,000 light years away (laughs) where I still care about your well-being. Like, I don't want anything bad to happen to anybody. But I mean, I don't really have any enemies now that I think about it. Maybe one or two, but I wouldn't call them my enemy. They were pretty horrible to me at one point in time, but I've since been like, whatever. Like, I just don't care. And That's where I'm at right now. And I feel like that's where Beyonce's been for a while. And Hood Beyonce slash Petty Beyonce really comes out in this album. And that's why I had to listen to it. Like one song called Nice, she straight up sings so melodically. Fuck you and you, you cool and you too. And I'm like, oh my God, yes. Yes, Beyonce. I, I agree. Part of my language, guys. And she talks about how she's got like her inner circle of friends. They all cool. The rest of your friends suck, sort of thing. <laughs> just being just being real petty. But you know she's got love for everybody ish. And that's how, where I feel I'm at in life. And now that we're on it, this isn't related. But I felt like that song by Drake, nice for what? You gotta be nice for what? To these that song. I won't say the N word, it might make some people uncomfortable. But it has an A at the end, and I can say it. Anyway, um, <laughs> I told Dante I felt like if I were single, I'd be in that mode. I'm in that mode now with people that I just don't need to kiss up to. Like, you'll find out here in L.A., a lot of people kiss a lot of ass to get to where they are. And from jump, I'm like, I'm not doing that, and I haven't done it yet. Everyone that I'm in cahoots with, I'm with them like on a you know it happened naturally I didn't try to kiss up I just like them I like their vibe we connect and that's that I don't chase people I don't need to and although Drake's song isn't exactly saying that it's saying like you know what you don't need to be nice to these dudes why for what what are they doing for you you you're a great you're a great woman got that good education you're amazing you don't need follows or mentions on social media you do you boo and that's how I feel only I'm not single but anyway um back to the Carters it's a really good album and they describe it as like they treat their art as therapy and some of you might know her and Jay-Z were going through some things hence her Lemonade album where she called them out like oh you gonna cheat on me me Beyonce you had me questioning myself okay I'm gonna take these children and go and then Jay-Z did an album where he was sort of telling us his end of it and apologizing as he should about everything and this album everything is love they're explaining we're cool we're back together got those vows renewed we got these twins here blue is still beautiful and we'll throw all the shade at you um we're doing great we going on these vacations in winter to escape we didn't go to Kanye and Kim's wedding because one they were in the middle of a little bit of a fight and Jay-Z's like B's not going so guess I'm not going so Plus, I can't see Beyonce at a Kardashian event. Like, there's too many cameras. She's elusive. She's like the real elusive chanteuse. You know how Mariah Carey calls herself that? I feel like Beyonce's actually that. Because she'll show up, and then like a light, she's out. You don't hear from this child for like years. And then she comes back with amazing, amazingness. Although on Instagram, she's always posting like her fashion choices. Like, she'll post her outfits left and right. Which I think is cute because, you know, she's got that like hot mom body now. She's had three kids and she's like thick in all the right places. It's beautiful. I'm envious, actually, of her and Rihanna. Like Rihanna didn't have kids that I know of, but Rihanna's gotten noticeably thicker, too. And I'm here for it. Like they look amazing. I need that. I need to be thick in the right places. Anywho, um, (laughs) Long story short on the Carters, I'm not going to give a whole thing on it. I will say the first song, Summer, I need to look up the song notes because I feel like Solange might have had a hand in writing that one because her tone, Beyonce's tone at the beginning of it sounds a lot like Solange and the harmonies that she uses too sound a lot like her too, like that more mellow, hippie-ish vibe that Solange has. I felt like that was what Summer was. I think that's my favorite song on the album that and nice and boss because boss is when Beyonce is going off on everybody like do you know who I am it's it's great I just love the self-confidence I'm trying to build up my confidence I'm trying to be a boss ass bitch at this moment in my life and I feel like Beyonce right now is doing that for me so again not a Beyonce stan but I'm definitely here for it and I also appreciate how she'll drop an album and then be gone. She don't have to promote anything. Like they barely promoted this tour and it's sold out in Europe. So <laughs> like just imagine when she gets to the U.S. Like she doesn't have to do much of anything but say a word and her fans are like, I am there. Say the word Beyonce and I'm there. Even if Jay-Z is invited. Um, I think she they announced it on the last day of their uh, tour in London. And here we are today talking about it. It's pretty good, though, guys. It's a nice listen. It tells a story. It's I I want to maybe an hour or so long, a shortish listen. I haven't seen the visuals that go with it, though, yet. I was just listening to it on Apple Music. So you don't need title, by the way. I was given that tip by a friend of mine. You don't need title. It's on Apple Music, too, if you have that. And I'm going to do a little plug. They don't need it. But a plug for Apple Music, that's the only subscription I pay for because I just feel it's more worth it for me. I always have my phone with me. Recently switched to an iPhone. And I can stream whatever radio station I create, just like with Spotify. Um, no commercials, no ads. You also get videos, though, too, which is neat. And you get to curate all these cool playlists similar to Spotify, but it's just a little different. And it could be because it's my phone and it's listening to me even right now and puts all my favorite songs together without me even talking about it with it. So, you know, the Carters, Beyonce's a boss-ass bitch. I need to be on that level. I think she's doing a great thing for women all over, like, without even trying. And I also appreciate how her... In her family, like I was saying with Kevin Hart, they don't, they don't comment really publicly on anything political or comment on anything publicly, period. Like, I remember a time in early 2000s where Beyonce gave so many interviews and threw so much shade, but in her Southern charm, Houston way. And she was even on, like, I Love the 80s and I Love the 90s and stuff on VH1, which is weird to see now because I'm like, Beyonce left the house? Um... (laughs) But they're just very private, but they still do a lot of charity work and um, like buying schools and churches and uh, funding things in Puerto Rico because, you know, what's our leader doing about that? But again, not getting into that. Um, but Yeah, they're just they're great. And I think this album and their last two show How they're human like everyone else and they have real human problems. They have real marriage problems like everyone else and they work through it. Like Jay-Z went to therapy, guys, to fix this. And I think that's commendable because I don't think a lot of people would have. Um that's nice. That's good. I'm glad they got a good thing going. I'm happy for their love. Okay. Um, the final thing I want to touch on is I heard that they're bringing back not bring back Roseanne but doing a spinoff called the Connors, and I'm not sure how I feel about that now I know I mentioned in the other one in another episode that maybe like someone tweeted that they should bring back Dan and have Jeff Bridges come on and then just slowly turns into the Big Lebowski TV show I'd be for that but they gave very little of a synopsis um The ABC just said that after a sudden turn of events, the Connors are forced to face the daily struggles of life in Lanford in a way they never have before. And apparently there'll be an unexpected pregnancy, financial pressures, and coupon cutting. And it will demonstrate that families can always find common ground through conversation. So, I mean, I feel like the unexpected pregnancy might be Darlene's daughter. They'll do, like, the teen pregnancy spin, I feel like, because no one else can really have a baby. Like, they did a whole episode where Becky tried to be a surrogate for someone, and she found out she cannot. Um, Unless it's Darlene, but she's just as old as Becky. And if they're going for, like, something, you know big like that I think they're gonna probably do the teenage daughter because she was having some uh teenage issues anyway during the whole uh during the reboot um I don't know if I'm gonna and I'm gonna say unexpected turn are they gonna kill Roseanne off because that would be mean but <laughs> she she did make some uh, pretty racist remarks hence the show ending anyway um I hope she's okay, though. I know a lot of people aren't wishing her well, but I don't think that helps either. I'm not okay in the remarks she made, but mental health-wise, since I'm learning a lot more about my mental health, I'm like, you know, it's important to know that words matter and things affect people in ways you may not think they do. And I mean, segueing into, I guess, a final thought, With everything going on and all this horribleness all around the world and us being bombarded with it every single day. And then you have a lot of well-known figures and celebrities who are taking their own lives. And then you have, uh, I guess, normal, regular people who see this, who are also struggling, who think, okay, this is my way out. I mean, it's important to, I don't know, keep the conversation going, that not everything is horrible. You do have a choice. You do matter. Things may be shitty now, but they won't always be. And I think it helps with the kind of support system you keep around or the people you talk with and keep in mind that people who do struggle with this aren't always gonna talk about it or rarely do talk about it. So it's important for you not saying constantly ask them, are you okay? How are you doing? Do you feel this way? Do you feel that way? But I mean keep talking to them, encourage them. You know what I mean? Try to dig a little deeper. It doesn't always have to be so gloom and doom, you know? And like I'm doing, it's healthy to take breaks from things like this. To sort of clear your mind. I mean, start painting, write some music. Do some crafting, uh, make jewelry. What I wanted to do was start collecting rocks and <laughs> and do like that rock tumbling thing where you clean them. That's serious. I'm really interested in doing that. So if anybody has any tips or on one of those little kit starter kits, I'm all for it. Um, I even got a grow a crystal kit from the uh, La Brea Tar Pits gift shop. It was ten bucks. I'm only missing one part. I need to get a tivit. But I got the jar, I got the chemicals, I'm ready. That's how I'm de-stressing. I mean, crochet, I also do that. That that helps take your mind off of things, play some video games. I suggested to my friends the other day because we were all going through it. I'm like, let's just become hermits and play Sims and Fortnite all the time and create our own reality. <laughs> and then we'll come back and see what happened. Um, But in all seriousness, it's important to keep these conversations about mental health going. And I know this episode really wasn't about it, but a lot of what I talked about has to do with it in some kind of way. And with all the turmoil that's going on, it's important for people to know that their opinions and thoughts and lives really, really do matter. And they're not, you know, worth nothing, despite what they might hear. Hmm. <sighs> OK, guys, well, this really wasn't that many of an episode <laughs> but <laughs> compared to like the hour and a half or two hours I usually do with the guests. I guess this is. And thank you so much if you're hanging in there and listened in. And if you've been listening for the past few weeks, um, I really appreciate it. I think doing this podcast is a form of therapy for me too. like the different topics I have to come up with or just talking through some things. With you guys or whomever is listening. It really does help. So thank you guys for listening. And I hope you guys have a great week. And I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks again guys for listening to Bree and Friends. If you want to stay updated with the latest episodes every weekend... Please give the SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts a follow at Bri and Friends. That's B R I ampersand friends. If you want to get fun little behind the scenes updates, you can follow me on social media uh, on Facebook and Instagram and now Twitter. And the links for all of those will be in the description box. So, as always, keep on keeping on. And I'll see you guys next week.